First, I want to uh, really thank Pastor Rod and, and Kenny and uh, the leadership team for allowing me to speak, uh, to share communion today. It's an honor, and I really want to thank you for that. Well, where's the best place to start? Prayer. <laughs> Let me pray. Father, we know that you in the midst because you said, Lord, two or three gather to your infamous. And we thank you for being here with us. And uh, we ask you, Lord, that you will anoint our meeting today. And Father, we thank you for your church. We ask that you bless everything that's happened here in your house, Lord. It's another ordinary day in the kingdom. And we thank you, Lord, for it. And everyone say, Amen. Go. Um, look, I, I've been thinking about, you know, a lot of things lately when I was told that I was going to leave. <coughs> and I, I asked myself a few questions. What is communion? Well, <laughs> communion is not an obligation, but a celebration. Yeah, I it's good because we're celebrating a life of a person who swapped with our lives. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when it comes down to the nitty gritty, we're here to celebrate. And what, what it, you know, <laughs> what gets me with, uh, with that? Because there's a, a verse in First Peter three eighteen. It says. For Christ died for sins once for all. The righteous and the unrighteous. That he might bring us to God in the human body. He was put to death, but he was made alive in the spirit. That's what communion is about. It's not about a racial thing. It's about the person that we should worship. And that's where I think I want to start this morning because, as a matter of fact, I was a worship leader. And get ready for this because what I'm talking about today, God is writing songs every day. God is writing songs every day. When you go through turmoils in your life, when you go through hardship in your life, God is writing a song. Because one of these days when you come out of it, that is your song. And if you don't sing it, well, you're going to be in the grave with that song nobody knows that you have. And that's God's plan. God's plan is take us through difficulties and trials in our lives so we can come out better people. So, it's pretty simple to miss this this morning because I was appointed as a worship leader for a church after three years since I went to the Lord, 22 years ago. And what I've learned about worship 
It's totally different from what I know now. Back then. Worship, I describe it as David says. David says in the Psalm 29, one, verse 1 and 2, it says, Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord the glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Worship is about God. You need to pass on what you have to the one who owns it. Ascribe means worship. Describe means praise. Because when you're describing a person, say, God, you're amazing. He's over there and you're over here. But when you go through those moments in your life where God turns up and fix your mortgage, God turns up and says, Well, I'm going to take that lump away from your breast. No longer there. God turns up and says, you don't, you don't have cancer anymore. God turns up and says, Look, your marriage is already being fixed. You know? That's your song. And God says, now, you're going to go on stage and sing that song and claim it's your song? Uh-uh. It's my song. And that's what happened to me when I was leading worship. Oh, I love the Lord. Don't get me wrong. I love the Lord. When I get up there, people are jumping up and down, and I was leading them to worship the Lord. But after a couple of years, I felt something was different about my attitude. I was getting to the point, I was getting so tired, I started to pinpoint things that people are not doing so well. Why did we get that? Which time? Where's the song? Which song? It's not here? Why? Alright, well, and after worship, after worship, we we'll, would we'll sit down with the team and they said, did we hit the mark today? Did we hit the mark today? Let's work on this bit. This is great. This is great. And all those things, it means something. We're drifting away from the real heart of worship. And I was so tired because I was running so hard just to get the, the same result that I had last week because the people were coming into the prison. And I thought, something's not right right Some is so dry. I'm so tired. I'm bored. Then the pastor woke up to me and said, I've got another guy that wants to have a go. And I said, Thank you. So he came up and he was, I have to sit down. And everybody said, Colin, what happened? I said, I just need a rest. I've been running on empty for a while. Did you know why? Because God. Is not getting what he deserved to get. Every time I get up there, you know what? I was focusing on myself, getting the song right. You know, I was actually an idol worshiper. 
I put the song before God, I put the instrument before God, I put the people before God. And then I remember the story of Saul, King Saul. He was told to go and kill all the, the things in, in this place. But he saved a nice looking sheep in there. And you know what? He actually told God what he did. Well, I save it for you because this is good. They help you for a sacrifice for you. And the prophet said, Well, <laughs> opinions are a lot better than sacrifice. <laughs> you don't want your sacrifice. And that's what, as a worship leader, I, I was doing all these things because I I see all these people enjoying worship, but that's not it. Today, I want you to, to sit back and think about those moments in your life as a worship leader. Because I tell you this, we all worship leaders. If you say that you're not, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. Because we're worshipping the same God. Yeah. <coughs> we're worshipping the same God. And don't think lower of yourself because you are a worship leader. You are so important to God and that's what community is all about. He sent his only begotten son. Why? Because he loves you. Amen. You are somebody. I want to I want you to capture the heart of the Lord in, in today. Because today is the day that the Lord says, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. And it's amazing that verse alone, repeated three times in Hebrew, the book of Hebrew. Today is the day, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. There is a song within you. There is a song within you. Just sit back and relax. You know, sometimes when you get into prayer meeting, well, blah, 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 and all of a sudden, we come to the end of the prayer meeting, we walk away, and God is trying to say something. Hold on. You're talking a bit too much. What about me? I want to talk to you about this. So, community today, before we are taken three more, I just want you to have that moment with the Lord. Revisit your past. Check it out. Because Paul says that. Examine yourself. When you come before God, examine yourself. What is happening? If you see something that you want to put before God today, you can actually do it. You see, today, I said, Lord, what do you want me to share? It took me a while because I had to <coughs> to go back to the song that I wrote in the desert. When I was in that moment with the Lord, that the Lord pulled me away from worship, I was actually thinking, oh, all these years, you know, I, I don't know whether this is true or not. I was just sitting at home with the guitar. You know the guitar? <laughs> I played the guitar upside down. I took myself out of play. Praise God. Because I know that God gave me the ability to do it. And every one of us, every one of us had something from the Lord to use. 
And whether I like it or not, I used I, I started playing the guitar when I was a little boy like this young. Every time my dad gets up in the morning to go fishing, I was brought up in his island. He hides his guitar in the closet. <laughs> I go in there and bring the guitar out. And guess what? In our village, it's the only guitar. In our village, no one knows how to play the guitar like him. <laughs> so I have to, I have to, to learn. I have to teach myself to play. I, I'll, I'll be sitting here watching my dad paddle. He's playing right hand. And then when he goes away, I just spend hours at the guitar trying to work out the chords. And when I found my first song, oh, I played any song in those clips. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the guitar has been my friend throughout my life. The moments that I just so the bricks, the guitar is there. I get in there and I start strumming the guitar. And I just sing out. Before I get to the Lord, I, I just make songs in it. And when I get to the Lord, I decided to throw them all away. My previous pastor said to me, why did you do that? And I said, because I don't want those songs. They're all for women. <laughs> it's for those people in the world. I'm different now. I want the Lord to give me songs. And there's a lot of songs that the Lord's been giving to me. So it's all in the closet. I'm the only one who hears it. My, my wife and daughters and, and, and son, when I start playing the guitar, they move into the another room. <laughs> and I don't blame them because, you know what? When I start singing my own song, you know, I'm the only one in the prison. Hey, Lord, thank you for these songs. So today I'm going to sing the song for the first time here in front of you guys. So I want the bread and the wine so we can celebrate the one who gave us life. And then I want you to get, to get that moment with the Lord right now. Test to in his prison because I know he's here with us and revisit your past and see if you can come up with something and then you can while I'm playing that my song from the Lord you can sing your own words to the Lord isn't that isn't that great you can sing your own melodies to the Lord while I'm playing my song to the Lord that is fair See, David says, sing the Lord a new song. Yeah. And you know who David is. He was a man after God's own heart. And when you read his story, oh, his life story. God has been writing a lot of songs through his life. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. My Lord, my shepherd.
this day, this day, this this time. Sit in the presence of the Lord. Just you and God. You eat it when you're ready, you drink it when you're ready. This is just you and the Lord. Sometimes we say too much things. We say, oh Lord, thank you for this. But if you sit there and meditate, you know that half of prayer has to be meditation. Nothing like sitting in the presence of the Lord. Tear comes out of your eyes and you say, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you're here. And you just don't want to leave because the presence is so strong and it's an amazing place to sit. He's right in your eyes. Look, if you come today feeling uncomfortable that you have something to put before God,
that song is God's song. And I give him all the glory because this song it can be sung all over the world to glorify him. I had recorded 80 albums in the studio and I was running a recording business. But I have never enjoyed music when it comes to this side. You know, God has given his words. And uh, it gives me purpose. It gives me purpose. <coughs> you know, I've heard um, someone say to me a couple of weeks ago, if you don't know where you're going, you probably don't know where you came from. If you don't know where you came from, you don't really know who you are. It's so true. You know, today, if you hear this voice, please don't hide in your Lay beforehand whatever is going on in your life. And say, Lord, it's your will to be done, not my will, but your will be done. Right, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are here with us. I just want you to stand and just have that moment just to say, thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that, Lord, that your word is amazing, Father, that we come together as a, as, as a family, your children, Lord God, to listen, Lord God, to what you have to say to us. And I just thank you for this, son. I pray, Lord God, that you bring your healing, complete healing upon our lives, Lord God. The people who need it in this place, Lord, I pray, Father God, that you bring healing upon areas in their lives that needs to be healed. Lord God, with this relationship, with this it's a sickness, whether it's burnout, whether it's tiredness, whatever, Lord, I pray that you reignite those areas, Lord, in their lives, Father God, that they will find the true purpose why they, why you put us here. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, and we pray that you bless the rest of our meeting today, Lord Jesus. We pray Amen. Meditating on the message, all things are possible, and all of us, all of us, have a worship song mm. to our Lord. And that makes me feel good. <laughs> but um, God can think I have a worship song to him. But uh, you know, as Napoleon uh, reminded us, our whole lives can be a worship song to our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, just along the lines of all things are possible, I, I have a video. I want to show you a video. 
that takes us right back to what many believe are the first miracle of Jesus uh, that was ever recorded. And this is from the book of John. sense continue with the theme with which he, he started and uh, I was drawn to this miracle and to the question how come this miracle is even recorded in the Bible how come turning water into wine is recorded in the book of John as a miracle 
And uh, you can go all the way back to um, Augustine for long treatises on why it was that this miracle was recorded and what it was that Jesus was up to. And uh, sure, you know, Jesus is about turning the water in our lives into wine. And we could, I could do a whole discussion point on that. But I wanted to, to follow up and talk not so much about the meaning of the water into wine, but to talk about the stone jars that were used at the wedding. The video, of course, there's a little bit of poetic license there, and I don't know whether you noticed it, but the jars that were depicted in the video are actually made of clay. Now, if you look at the Old Testament law, the, the clay pot could actually become unclean. And uh, can you remember what the solution was to a clay pot that became unclean? What did they have to do? They broke it, they smashed it. Now stone pots were, were highly prized because they were actually impervious to the things that could make a pot or another vessel unclean. So the clay pot was susceptible, whereas the stone jar was not. Now, of course, not everybody could own stone jars because it took a long time to make a stone jar. You had to take a single piece of stone and you had to chip away at it until the outside was shaped appropriately, but also until the inside was hollowed out so it could actually hold something. And as I was meditating on the, the meaning of these stone jars, I began to understand that the stone jars represent something about faith. The clay jar, remember, is susceptible to those things that would cause it to become unclean. Whereas the stone jar is not. And... Uh, that led me to thinking about unbelief. Now, unbelief is not a lack of faith. Even those of us who have loved the Lord Jesus for a long, long time, who have been in His Word, who have developed a, a strong faith and who profess that they believe, in what God has promised, can still be subject to unbelief. I want to talk a little bit about the opposite of unbelief, which I think is hope. And we know that before we have faith, we have to have hope. And what is hope? Well, my strongest concordance tells me that hope is about expectation. Hope is about expectation. It's, it's a sure expectation about something that is going to happen. 
It's easy to say that. It's very easy to say that. But what do we actually experience when we have a sure expectation of something that is about to occur? Well, funnily enough, it took me back to my sixth birthday. Now, I don't understand this, but it was a tradition in, in my own family that the first birthday, the birthday party that we ever had was when we turned six years of age. I, I don't know where that came from, but my older sister had a birthday at six years. I had a birthday at six years. I still remember the ice cream cake. It came on dry ice, and I remember having a lot of fun with the dry ice later. But you see, I knew, I knew that my party was coming. When I was a little boy, I knew that my sixth birthday party was coming. You see, I had faith. But one of the things about the faith I had was also what I was imagining. For weeks before my sixth birthday party, I was imagining what it would be like. I was imagining ice cream cake. <laughs> Let me tell you. And I'll tell you what, all the way back then, that's a long, long time ago. That's 57 years ago. Wow. Yeah, I know. Wow. Like, ice cream cake didn't come the way it does now. Ice cream cake was a very, very special thing. But I had an, an image. I imagined. I don't remember anything else. I don't remember who came to my party. I don't remember what presents, but I remember the ice cream cake. Priority. But you see, I, I had this image. I had an imagination. I was imagining what my party was going to be like. And in a way, that's a bit like that stone jar. See, there was nothing at all that could stop me from imagining. Nothing could stop me from imagining. And it came to pass. Because my parents had made a promise. And I had the evidence from my sister's party a few years earlier. So my faith followed from my expectation. And my expectation was manifest by my imagination. Nothing was able to contaminate it, just as nothing could contaminate those stone jars. They never had to be smashed because they never became unclean. There was nothing that got into my imagination that could persuade me other than I was gonna have a sixth birthday party with ice cream cake. And so it is when it comes to the promises that God has made. The promises of healing, the promises of an abundant, prosperous life. And yes, it does include finance, but that's not all that there is, of course. Every area of our lives is an area that God longs to see us flourishing. Because if he doesn't, he's not a good God. And we know from his word that he is a good God. We know from his word 
that He heals. We know from His Word that He desires that we should walk prosperously. And of course, out of our abundant good health and out of our prosperity, we're able to be effective agents of His in the kingdom. So it's not for us to hold tightly to ourselves, but it's to actually enable us to empower us to be conduits of His blessing to the world. So when it comes to faith, we start with expectation. We start with hope. We start with imagining. So if we're sick, we know, we certainly know intellectually that the broken body of Jesus and his shed blood is effective for our healing. And we affirm that every time we take communion. That's one of the reasons why we do take communion nearly every Sunday at Ignite Life Church. It's a reminder. We do it in remembrance of him. And when we remember him, we remember what he did for us. So we have faith in his capacity to bring healing to our lives, to bring wholeness to every part of us that is broken. But sometimes our imagination lets us down. And that leads to unbelief. We don't lack faith, but sometimes we do lack the imagination that fuels our faith. And I just want to encourage us all to not just simply give mental assent to the promises of healing in His Word. Promises such as what we read, for example, in Psalm 103. And in Psalm 126, the psalm that Jesus, well, Jesus did share with it. I, I was actually meaning to say Ainsley, but maybe I'm just, she's got Jesus all over her. <laughs> psalm 126 promises there of healing, promises there of abundance. We have to see it, though. We have to imagine it. Without our imagination, our faith is like the clay vessels. They have to be smashed when they become unclean, when they become contaminated. But with, with imagination, our faith becomes like those stone vessels. They're impervious to uncleanness. So when we have imagination that lines up with the promises, nothing can take it away from us. Not our experience, not what might up, not what other people might say. Satan might stand there as our accuser, but he cannot penetrate when our faith is a stone vessel. When our faith is fueled by a right imagination, when we imagine ourselves healed and whole, that powers our faith. And, uh, you know, I know we're not a great big church today. 
Hallelujah. But it is our day. I have no doubt that it is our day. And I want to encourage you. Imagine. Imagine yourself where you want to be. Imagine yourself healed. Imagine yourself whole. Imagine yourself with a fulfilling job. I know Epi's still looking for work. I know Harney's still looking for work. Imagine yourself with a job that fulfills. Steve, I think you're, you're still looking for work. You're studying. Well, imagine yourself graduating. Absolutely. What are you studying? Ag science. I'll give you a job at Leaders Institute. We teach agriculture. Look at that. There's someone preparing to come and work for me already. Do you guys want to move to Britain? Yes. <laughs> but see, imagine. Imagine. It, it took me, I think, uh, six years to do my, my own doctorate. But, you know, I imagined graduating. And eventually I did. I imagined. In 1989, I imagined being a pastor. What am I? What's the difference between 2000 and 30 years, isn't it? Is that right? It's a long time, eh? But see, I imagined, and I never let it go. When I was 12 years old, I imagined being a CEO. What am I now? I'm a CEO. From 12 until, what, 61. That's nearly 50 years, isn't it? <laughs> You've got to imagine for a long time sometimes, eh? But the point is this. It's the imagination is the manifestation of hope. It's the manifestation of hope. It's, it, it builds in you an expectation of what is to come. And your faith is receiving the promises of God that we see in His Word. You know, we sing them every Sunday. We sing faith-filled words. What did we sing? With Napoleon today, all things are possible. So, how much is all? How much is all? It's everything. There's nothing missing from all. It's a catch all, isn't it? All things are possible. Jobs are possible. Health is possible. Wholeness is possible. Financial prosperity is possible because they're included in. All things. And they're all purposeful when you live in Christ. They're all purposeful when you live in Christ. So can I encourage you today? I'm good to pray. If if there's any area you want prayer for, I'm good to pray. Because today is our day. I'm absolutely convinced of that. Today is our day. There's a shifting in the spiritual realm. And all things are possible. Let our faith be faith like those stone jars. They're impervious to any uncleanness. They're impervious to anything that will rob us of the promises of God. And unlike clay jars, we never have to smash up the stone jars. And they're valuable. That's our faith. Our faith is like. I should write a book. Remember faith like potatoes? I should write a book. Faith like stone jars. There's nothing. 
you guys draw it. There we go. She's a great writer, by the way. She's very, very talented writer. And uh, if we were a bigger church, I'd have like a, um, what do you call it? Um, you know how the Queen has a poet laureate? We'd have like a King's laureate and, and we'd, we'd have her in that role for a couple of years for just writing because Tamara writes beautifully, absolutely beautifully. Talk about worship, there's worship. Anyway, I don't want to spend all day talking. I'm, I'm asked for prayer. If anybody wants prayer, I know Jeanette will pray as, as well. But don't let today go, hey. Don't let today go. Let's receive what God wants us to have. Let's begin to use our imagination to build a picture of the wonderful promises that God has made in His Word.